All right, welcome back to this week's walk and talk then. We're in the Isle of Man today and we're walking down to the beach. We're not gonna be walking up the hill like we did last time, that was a mistake. But before we get started into all the content today, I've got a lot to talk about. We're gonna be talking about the International Security Council meeting, what China has just said to the USA, that was interesting. A war, another warning on the US and China, Germany and the Netherlands and France and the EU. There is a lot going on. Not to mention the EU's new Thought Police commander, uh, who is going to be going to California shortly. We'll get into that as well. But just a very last final reminder, this is the last time I will mention it now, the stock market and finance macro course ends the sale on that ends on sunday night uk time so this is your last opportunity to get it at the current sale price after sunday the price will go up and as i mentioned i'm working on the next course which is all around money psychology so that is going to be awesome it's going to be launched just around the end of august time maybe even the first of september all right with that said let's get into today's topics so the one of the biggest stories today then is the international security conference is about to get underway from the 10th to the 12th of june so we've got just over a week yet before that starts but already there's a lot of tension the usa is apparently furious i don't know who because the USA's got a lot of people in it, but someone is furious with China because they reached out and said they would like to have a meeting with China to discuss all these you know, different things with China about military and the breakdown in relations and everything else. And China said, no, thank you. <laughs> so the US is really offended because it's all over the news. Everyone knows that China has just snubbed the US again. So this is not the first time now that China has done this as well. Saudi Arabia snubbed the US, Iran snubbed the US. I mean, it's, uh, it's not good, let's just say that. Because I remember a time when no country would have had the guts to snub the US in this way, but now we keep seeing this a lot by a lot of, again, it's mainly the BRICS nations and the BRICS plus nations and these 19 other countries looking to join. Because this is what happens when you have strong alliances that come together. Eventually, this is where they get a lot more confidence because of the expression strength in numbers. But I'm wondering if China's snub has anything to do with this article that I just read. Earlier this week, China's PLA, so that's their People's Liberation Army, responded to US plans to provide Taiwan with $500 million in military aid, and reports said hundreds of US troops have been deployed to the island, warning it will firmly crush attempts at external interference. So that's from China. They're saying that they are gonna crush any interference, and they are absolutely furious, I think is the best word to describe their response. Uh, this 500 million dollars worth of weapons that are being sent to taiwan and it's under that same proposal that the weapons were sent to ukraine now there's another subject i don't know if you've seen this week absolute 
I mean, it's not really crazy to me anymore. Most of you will say, ah, I saw that one coming. But these weapons that have been sent to Ukraine by the US predominantly, but also other EU and NATO countries, they have been turning up everywhere. You've got a Javelin missile launcher <laughs> turned up in Mexico. The cartel have this weapon system. These things go for tens of millions, some of these weapons that we're seeing on the black market. So the cartel have got these, I mean, unbelievable. Northern Africa as well. I saw a TikTok video of these weapons that these warlords had bought from Ukraine. How on earth? I mean, I don't know, but maybe that explains a lot of, or some of, I won't say the word a lot, but some leadership in Ukraine having added millions or tens of millions to their net worth in the last year. I'm not saying that they're a corrupt country or anything like that, but I'm, what I am saying is that corruption exists everywhere, especially in government. So the higher up, <laughs> well, you know this yourself, I don't really need to say it, but you look at a lot of countries, even the most open, the best countries in the world, leaders of the free world. And you look at all the scandals that get covered up and corruption and, and everything else. So do you honestly think this isn't happening over there? Yes, of course it is. These weapons are being sold off to warlords and on the black market. And Ray Dalio has just come out as well to talk about, he actually gave a really stern warning on this. And he talks about how he thinks US and China will be at war in the very near future. Those are the words he used, very near future. And he talks about the reasons why. One of it was about Taiwan and now the US is sending weapons to Taiwan. So that was one of the things that he said was not a good idea. He said about the Russian sanctions. He said they weren't a good idea. And then he said about the war in Ukraine. And that's interesting coming from Ray Dalio. See, I have very mixed views on him, as I'm sure most of you do. In fact, drop in the comments your thoughts, because this is my thoughts on Ray Dalio. He is a real genius in terms of his thinking, in terms of his strategic mind, his forecasting, his knowledge of history and how he can put it all together. I really do think he is a genius in that regard. But, and here's where the book comes in, He's also always present at these WEF meetings, always. He seems to just always be there. So even though I do think he is brilliant as a strategic mind, would I trust him? Absolutely not, because he attends these meetings. And even the EU is getting heavily involved now with China in terms of they want to put Sanctions is the wrong word, but it's similar to what happened under the Trump admin, where there were these policies, let's use that word, put in place in order to create a trade war. So, you know, the US had this big trade war in China. Well, now under the direction of Washington, i.e. the USA, the European Union is starting a sort of a kind of trade war with China as well. And I was reading into, I mean, this article was so long and detailed, but the sort of premise of it was that if they cut off, if the EU cuts off from China all of their raw materials and chemicals and all this, then they won't be able to make semiconductor chips. And if they won't be able to make semiconductor chips, then they won't be able to help 
if there is military conflict. Well, again, I don't really agree with that because the West has very advanced weapons, but, but so does China. I, I, I sort of agree with that. But do they need the most advanced semiconductor chips like the US and other countries in the West have for their military hardware? No, I don't, I don't really think they do. You look at some of the hardware, and if you are a hardware, military hardware expert, uh, you can add in the comments as well your thoughts on this. But I just don't think they do need all those semiconductor chips. So it's now Germany, Italy, and the Netherlands who are all doing these uh, economic controls on China. And they want to put sort of pressure on other EU countries as well to follow suit. So again, it's just another big trade war where no one wins, by the way, in trade wars ever. It doesn't lead anywhere good when you get into these trade wars. What works well in modern day economics is for everyone to work in cooperation with one another. And that's really where, where you wanna to get to because some countries will have loads of raw materials, meaning that they can make something cheaper than another country. So what do you do? You then export that item to the other country and vice versa. They might have something that they want from your country because you can make it much more efficiently. But to make statements like the EU just made in fact, I'm going to read this out to you. China is unfortunately acting more aggressively in modern times, and this threat needs to be dealt with in kind. Are they really acting super aggressively? Uh, mm, they're doing spying and they're doing a lot of subversive tactics, but are they, are they acting aggressively? I'm not really sure. Who is the aggressor? If you were to look at this logically, take away your emotion and your allegiances to your country and you look at this rationally who is the aggressor really and even worse you've got the german chancellor now uh, olaf schultz has been in close talks on the issue with the us which is pushing for a global blockade of china's access to key goods yeah good luck with that one i think that is a big big mistake to try and put a global i.e. global, the whole world, have a blockade on China. Again, it's dumb. It's never going to happen. A lot of these BRICS nations are not going to do a blockade on their most powerful ally. If they ever did become a military alliance, do you not think they would want China to actually protect them? You know, this stuff, I don't know if they're just not thinking this stuff through. Sometimes, though, you can have too much intelligence and not enough common sense. And I think that is what we're seeing in the world at the moment. By the way, we're at Garrick Beach here, which is in between Laxey and Douglas, I guess we can say, on the island. It's beautiful, look at this. Isn't this just absolutely stunning? It's really good swimming down here. You've just got to get past all the seaweed, which goes out a fair bit. But once you get past the seaweed, it's good swimming. Now, another article that came out today what did I cover yesterday? I covered everything going on with bricks and decoupling and everything else. This just broke this morning. Bloomberg, Putin's war ignites backlash against dollar across the world. I was really surprised to see this piece from Bloomberg as well. Very, very surprised. US increasingly using currency to fight geopolitical battles. Wary world leaders look to lessen reliance on the greenback. Again, I was very, very surprised to actually 
see that from Bloomberg. I wouldn't expect that from them. But according to this other article, there does seem to be a little bit of upset from the US towards South Korea because South Korea has just agreed to do trade with Indonesia outside of the dollar as well. Gosh, that forecast and what we talked about yesterday, that is going to be completely blown out of the water within a year if it keeps going at this rate. Because think of it like a steam train or a, you know, electric train, if you prefer. An object in motion is very, it doesn't just stop dead. It takes a while to slow down and eventually stop. So at the moment, everything is moving towards de-dollarization. So you're gonna to have to see some sort of a turnaround to reverse this trend. But of course, we've got these genius analysts that we always talk about. Let's read their comments. I took my two or three favorite ones from this article today. Uh, an analyst said, here we go. Despite the evidence, I expect the US dollar to still be the world reserve currency during my great grandchildren's time on this earth. Okay, a little bit delusional, but we'll, we'll go with that one. Another analyst said, nothing comes close to the might of the US economy. Uh, and here's another one. We are undefeatable. The dollar reigns supreme now and always. That's like the sort of thing you'd see out of North Korea or something, a statement like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, and this is what I keep saying about analysts and other people around this sort of field. They are still living in the past. They, they have this sort of delusion that just because something is the way it is now, that it will always be that way. And that the strength we see now will always be strong. But that's not what happens. History shows us, look at the Roman Empire, look at the Ottoman Empire, look at a lot of empires. Eventually, they, they just have their time. It's not offensive to say something like that. It is just, it's just natural. These are the natural cycles of the world. Empires rise and empires fall. It's just the way it is. But on another note, I didn't know yesterday when I was talking about Ukraine wanting to join NATO, that Zelensky has, had said, and he'd done this you know, big press conference, where, as usual, Criti you know, there's a saying and it says, don't bite the hand that feeds you. So every time that he criticizes Western countries or says, you know, like when he said the British are cowards for not sending jets and stuff like that, it just makes people more annoyed because the countries don't need to send any weapons. But British PM, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, he has also come to the aid of Zelensky and says, that Ukraine's rightful place is in NATO. And then there's a lot of other comments from other leaders saying that, you know, it would be unfair and immoral not to have Ukraine come into NATO because then NATO can help with the war effort and get involved. Well, this is idiotic. <laughs> as soon as NATO gets involved, what do you think is gonna happen? You're most likely gonna see China go into Taiwan that will pull China in. You're then gonna pull in all these other countries. It is really foolish the way these people are handling the situation at the moment. But in other news then, the US mortgage rate has just gone up again to 6.79% for a 30 year fixed. And analysts, here we go, analysts again, are saying that the breaking point for the US housing market is 7%. So it can't reach 7% is what they're saying because this will completely break the market and we'll see huge uh, falls in housing prices. But in some good news, depending on how you look at it, the US has just avoided a debt default. So the debt ceiling has been raised. I think it was 
63 to 36 votes. Not, I would say, the most popular vote that I've seen, but uh, it passed anyway, so that stops a default. So we'll probably see the markets <laughs> react to that in kind. But another thing, I, before I forget, I wanted to mention, so we talked about these boycotts and how actually boycotts do work. And now we're seeing that they are working. Target has had an estimated loss of $10 billion since that whole boycott started. Bud Light is on its knees, Miller Light on his knees. Any of these companies now that have been boycotted are really seeing a lot of issues. So these boycotts are working. However, here we go. We knew this one was coming. Professor Wolfers has claimed that boycotting businesses is, and I quote, literal terrorism. Others went further to say that those calling for the boycotts should be charged under a hate crime. Now, you know what's funny with this? These people that make these outrageous statements, they never call for, you know, they never say that, I don't know, like a boycott on, I don't know, what example can I give you here? Like Twitter, when Elon Musk was gonna buy Twitter. I didn't hear them shouting, oh, this boycott of Twitter, you know, this is a hate crime or whatever else. No, it's, <laughs> they only seem to shout it when it uh, suits them. And it reminds me of that article last month where they took that vote uh, in the public. Well, of course they did it in San Francisco. So you're gonna get an outrageous response to this. And the vote was on whether you think misgendering should be classed as an act of violence. So they're classing it as violence the same way as an assault. And people said, yes. <laughs> Can you believe that? People actually voted on this, voted yes, that misgendering someone is, should be treated in the same way as an assault on someone. This is the absurdity now that we are living in. It is just absolutely baffling. Baffling, I tell you. And just as baffling then, the EU thought police, we've got to get onto this article. I've been looking forward to telling you about this. So, AKA the Internal Market Commissioner of the European Union, this is. He's gonna be tra uh, traveling to California to enforce EU law. How does that work, you might ask? You've got an EU, not even a politician, but bureaucrat traveling to California to enforce EU law under this new hate speech or whatever they're calling it now. I call it the thought police, which is all around disinformation. And I'll tell you another thing that's pretty worrying about some of these new proposals. I think eventually people like me will not be able to do these videos. And, and I really do mean that. I just don't think in the future I will be able to do a video like this because they're probably gonna issue some sort of a license or whatever else, you know, this digital ID and everything else that says that I've gotta be approved to produce content. Well, there's just no way they're gonna approve my content in the future. I just can't see it happening. So this is called the DSA. The Dig I'm trying to find somewhere quiet to walk and everywhere, <laughs> everywhere's noisy. It's called the DSA, the Digital Services Act, a legal obligation to fight disinformation. But again, here's the same question. Who decides what's disinformation, misinformation, harmful content? Just look what happened during the lockdowns and during those years. There was so much lies put out by the people that you're supposed to be able to trust. There were so many cover-ups as well. Massive, massive cover-ups of all sorts of things. 
And even if you look at Rishi Sunak at the moment, I mean, there's been scandal after scandal after scandal. He's been asked to look into Braverman. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> we talked about that last week. But now he's been asked under an inquiry. This is an official inquiry to release WhatsApp messages. And he's just refused. No, not releasing those messages under any circumstances. Why not? Why? I just don't get it. If these politicians have got nothing to hide, why will they not release their WhatsApp messages? I think it's obvious, and it's the same principle we talked about earlier in the video. There is corruption all the way through politics. But anyway, it's nothing new. You already know this. We all know about this corruption. But um, if you haven't seen, Biden fell over again yesterday. And I thought the response from his staff was hilarious. So they said, they said the reason that he fell over was because he'd been standing for hours. Okay, fair enough. I've seen that before. I've seen a soldier on parade actually faint because he was stood in the heat all day. But they said he was stood uh, around for hours in the heat and then they blamed an uneven floor. They said the floor wasn't even. Okay, fair enough. That one's, yeah. But then they said there was a sandbag disguised. I mean, what? Who put a sandbag and what did they disguise it as? <laughs> what did they disguise this sandbag as? Anyway, and then someone distracted him. So this is what it says, and I'm quoting, no one could avoid a fall based on all those situations at once. What? <laughs> oh gosh, so funny. So I think that is the end of the video today. Thank you so much for watching as always. I really appreciate you. And last chance, if you want the course at the sale price, head over and get that now. You'll find the link below in a pinned comment or in the description. And then Monday, it will be a new price. Uh, thanks for being a member, subscriber here. Take care, God bless, and I'll see you next week.